convict us, convince us, move us off of our spot to the next place you're sending us. And Lord, be merciful to us. Help me as I'm preaching to preach the Word of God and only the Word of God. That's what I want to preach, the Word of God. I believe in the Word, unashamed of it, Jesus. I am not bending and bowing or bowing, Lord, just not going to. I've made my mind up, Lord. Give me grace and strength and courage to preach your Word today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have your Bibles, turn to Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18. Donye, I see you. Is that Charlie with you? Good to see you, Charlie. Welcome to church today. Good to, good to have you here. One eighteen. Now, we've been preaching on the Holy Spirit through the book of Acts, and I've had about three sermons on it, and it took one week off, but I've been, we've been walking through here because we have to have a biblical understanding of the Holy Spirit, okay? We can't, just because, you know, my... My, my pastor said this, or this denomination believes this, or that person doesn't like this, or we have to have a biblical understanding of the Holy Spirit. Why is that? Why is it so important to know who the Holy Spirit is, how He operates? Why is it important? Why don't we just talk about Jesus? Which is a great thing to talk about. Anybody know? Amen. So one, okay, that's good. We could give a bunch of There's one. So we recognize when he's speaking to us. I got a testimony even from last night. Uh, anybody else? Why, why do we need to know about the Holy Spirit? That young child wants to speak. He just can't put the words to it. Okay, the Holy Spirit's the one that sheds the love of God abroad in our hearts. He's the one when you're worshiping. When you're worshiping, do you know, and I, when you're worshiping, when you feel the Lord, or you feel the presence of the Lord, do you know that is the Holy Spirit? Jesus comes to us. He said, it is expedient to you that I go away. You know, Jesus is a man. How many know that? He's still a man. He actually lives in a body. I know he's God. My theology is good there. I believe in the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But he is a man, and he is localized. He has a physical body right now. Where is he, sit? Where is he at right now, seated? He's at the right hand of the Father. And who did Jesus and the Father send to the earth to represent Jesus and everything he did? The Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the one that's bringing Jesus to you. If Jesus speaks to you, it would be the Holy Spirit that would speak up and talk to you in your spirit. Amen. He's the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So it's very important we know he is not like a side issue or a secondary thing. And I hope as we've gone through the book of Acts that you see that and that you've seen it. People got saved. They were baptized in Jesus' name. And then they encountered the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I'm going away and I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. When I am out in this world um, uh, uh, and filled with the Spirit and, and living, that is when, when things happen, when I have the presence of God in my life. I'll look at people and I will love people. I'll look at people and I want to share. If I just go out on my own strength and my own ability, not much gets done. I remember there's a gentleman sitting in our congregation right now. I remember coming outside Planet Fitness. 
And I remember seeing him, and something jumped up in my heart. Him and his wife, and I, it was the Holy Spirit, said, he's a Christian. And I just turned to him and said, hey, and said hi to him. I said, you're a Christian. Yeah, we are. And uh, I got to talk to him. Something leaped up on the inside of me. It was the Holy Spirit. And he's a friend of mine to this day. We've been friends ever since then. Uh, we have a power from God that can take us outside of ourselves when we're worshiping. We might feel dry and dusty. That's why Brother Mike's trying to get you to raise your hands. Put your hands up there and lift them toward the Lord. And some, often you'll feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. He'll knock the crust off of you, the dryness. He'll knock it right off of you. And you'll start to worship and he'll start talking to you. And almost every time when the Holy Spirit starts talking to you, he's not condemning you. He's not uh, bringing bad news to you. He's almost always telling you, hey, I love you. Hey, I'm not looking at that. Uh, you, you know, I forgive you. I love you. I rarely ever on a Sunday morning service ever get corrected by the Lord. And if he's bringing any correction to me in worship, he is bringing repentance to my heart. So I want to change. It'll be flowing out of me. You can't even repent before God without the Holy Spirit. He's the one that softens your heart. We need the presence of the Holy Spirit. He brings the gifts. He brings the giver. He brings Jesus. He brings repentance. It's the greatest trick of the devil to get us to put the Holy Spirit in a back room somewhere or put the moving of God in the back room. We had a lady last week, and most of you were probably gone. We had a lady last week that got tremendously set free from things that were oppressing her, and it wasn't because of my holiness or my goodness or anything in me. The Spirit of God showed up and manifested on her empowered to set her free. I want that. Do you? I don't want a powerless gospel. I don't want to go into the world without answers to be more confused and more fearful and more afraid than the culture around me. I know fellow, fellow Christians who I love dearly and deeply because they think it's the last days. They live constantly in fear. That is not a spirit coming from God. God has not given us a spirit of fear. We're not living in fear. We're on the offense. We're just the opposite of both teams yesterday in that Buckeye-Penn State game. Didn't have much offense. Had a lot of defense. Anybody see it? We're not like that. We're on the offense. We're, we're moving the ball. When you're on the offense, you don't have time to be afraid. We're moving forward. We're arising and shining and letting the glory of the Lord, which is the Holy Spirit, line up on us. I don't like that fear talk. It's not godly. It's ungodly. If God, don't make me preach faith today. If God be for you, Daniel in the lion's den, king, you can do what you want to do. I am going to pray to my God and you ain't stopping me. I don't, you throw me in the lion's den. I do not care. I hate to preach the same message over and over again, but I'm feeling it. I'm not bending. I'm not bowing. I'm not bowing. And in our day, that means I'm not bending to the culture. 
I'm not bending to the standard of this world and the morality of this world and what the world says is right and wrong. I don't give two hoots what the world says is right and wrong. I know what right and wrong is because I've got the Holy Ghost in me telling me. I've got the Word of God in me instructing me. And I'm not changing and I'm being aware and beware of the philosophies of this age and the powers of this age. I'm asking God, give me a backbone, Lord. Give me a backbone. I don't just mean on Sunday morning when I preach and I need a backbone then. Give me a backbone tomorrow. Strengthen me, Lord. And I don't mean in an arrogant, haughty way. If you've seen me out in the world, I don't walk in an arrogant, haughty way. I want to walk with love because the Bible says perfect love, cast out. If you're afraid, you haven't been perfected in love. It's hard to hate people you love anyway. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to preach all this probably next week, okay? We are a people of faith. We are a people of hope. We are a people of love. We are not blown around like the world. We're not in confusion. Someone say it sounds... We're not in confusion. Say, I'm not in confusion. I know who I am, and I know whose I am. I don't care how many antichrists are released in this world. I don't care who stands against me. God is for me. And I know sometimes people may not like me, and they may not like you, but God loves me, and he cares about me, and he treats me better than I deserve. If you're evil and you love your children, how much more does your heavenly Father love you here today? He loves you. We have a wicked imagination and an idea about how God feels about us. God loves you. That's how he feels about you. The reason you're here today is because God loves you. He sent his son Jesus to die for you, to set you free. And he doesn't want you stuck on that sprocket. He doesn't want you stuck in the same place. He's got something for you, and it's better than you can imagine. We, we go in circles sometimes, Mikey, not you, me. So we go in circles. God wants us to get out of that circular circle, and he wants to get us moving forward in God. How many want to move forward in God? I do. There is true living power in the gospel. If you're not changing, then you better check up on your theology. You better check up on your relationship with the Lord because the word clearly says we go from glory to faith to faith. Glory to glory. Paul says we're being transformed into his image. That means as we look constantly at his image, we're being changed into his image. We're becoming more like him. We should be growing in love today. We should be growing in faith today. We should have more hope today than we had last week. Now, I'm not saying you won't have trial and opportunity to get blown back or knocked back. That's the best time for you to shine. The more trials you experience, that is your time to shine. The more the devil throws at you, Colton, that's time for you to rise up and shine. The more opposition you have from the enemy, that's time for you to shine. The reason you're getting opposed and the reason the the devil in the world is trying to knock you back because you've got something. If you didn't have anything, he'd leave you alone. Any old fish can swim downstream. Let me say that again. That sounded good. Any old fish. <laughs> amen. 
I'm going to start amen in my own sermon here. Amen, Brother Brad. Brother Brad, just feel free to preach. Preach it, Brother Brad. Any old fish can swim downstream. Anybody can be negative Nancy or Debbie Downer. I have a good person, a good friend in my life, and I pray for him constantly. Their motif, their paradigm, their worldview, the way they see everything is neg negative. And, 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 you know, and I feel so bad for him. And the reason they see everything negative and the reason they see their paradigm is because Satan, the God of this world, has blinded their minds. And, and they got a stronghold in there. Every person is a negative situation. Every relationship is negative. Every opportunity is negative. And the enemy is trying to engage their mind in a constant negative imagination to keep them down, depressed, and defeated. How many know God ain't negative? I say it all the time. I'm going to say it again because I feel the preach in me. I believe I'll get to this message. Help me, Jesus. Think about this. I want you to think about this. Is God wringing his hands this morning? Is God worried about Job? Well, I don't think I say that. Is God worried about American politics? His concern is you're not praying. His concern is you're giving up. His concern is that you're fainting. His concern this morning is for the church. I'm telling you what the Word of God says. Charlie, we are ambassadors from heaven. We are ambassadors from heaven. We are kings and we are priests. We are, I read this this morning and I pulled on my board. Oh God, give me the grace and the strength and the power and the ability to live up to it. I wrote down, we are sons of God. I said, oh, Jesus, I'm a son of God. What does that mean? We don't know. He says, we don't even know what that means. We are the sons of God. God looks down from heaven, and he says, to my sons, he says, command ye me of things to come. He says, I was reading Ezekiel. I read through the book of Ezekiel, and I said, Lord, why do you speak to the prophets, and you say, Ezekiel, I want you to prophesy to Gog and Magog. Speak to them. Ezekiel, I want you to speak to Egypt. Ezekiel, I want you to speak, speak to this nation. Speak. I said, God, why don't you just say it, God? Why are you telling Ezekiel to say it? God says, I don't do anything unless I tell my servants the prophets first. And God moves in this because God has chosen to move. God moves in this world through your prayers and through your speaking. When, and, and I pray it and preach it all the time. I must need to preach it this morning. God help me. God is looking. He said, I look somewhere. I look to and fro. I was trying to find someone to intercede, someone to stand in the gap, someone to pray. And I couldn't find anybody. And I'm looking for someone to pray. I'm looking for someone to speak. And God says, I don't do the speaking. I speak to my people and I tell them, speak. You speak. 
you stand up, you say something, you talk to the mountain, you speak for your lost loved ones, you say it. My son ain't going to hell. I'm going to say it. I'm not serving the Antichrist, and I'm not afraid of the Antichrist. I'm not living in this world for money. I'm not living in this world for gold. I'm not living in this world for Bitcoin. I'm not living in this world for silver or dollars. I am living in this world to do what God has sent me to do, and I'm asking God for the grace to do it. I am a son of God. I've been born again. My sins are forgiven. I have right standing with God. I can go in the very presence of God right now because of the blood of Jesus, and he looks at me, and he says, Son, what do you want? And he's so happy. I said, Papa, I just want to spend some time with you and Jesus. I feel my need. He said, Son, let me move my picture of you off the mantle. You can sit right here. That's the truth. Beloved, now we are the sons of God. And there is going to be a people in this generation. And I hope it, we don't have to all die off so the next generation comes up. There's going to be a generation. You want prophecy? I'm going to give you a prophecy. You want some end time prophecy? I'm going to give you some end time prophecy. There are going to be people that will not bow or bend or bow. That says they are not going to love their lives to the death. And they are going to overcome the devil through the word of their testimony. And through the blood of Jesus, a revelation of the blood of Jesus. And through the word that they're speaking, the word of their testimony. And they're not going to love their lives even to the point of death. And that is going to be my end time generation right there. That's the truth. You can talk to me about prophecy. I'm reading Daniel. I'm studying it. I love it. I love prophecy. It's good that you study it. It's good that you know it. But if it leaves you into a gospel of fear, I don't want to hear about it. It leaves you into a gospel of nervousness. I don't want to hear about it. So, okay, I, 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 I preached this last week, and I can't get it out of me. I have people around me wringing their hands and the fearful and all this. And I'm saying, so surely you're talking to your neighbor about Jesus. Surely you're talking to your neighbor about Jesus or your lost loved ones. Surely, because Jesus is coming soon. Amen? Nine times out of ten, no. They're digging a foxhole, a spiritual foxhole. I'm not digging a spiritual foxhole, Braden. I got my machine gun strapped on. I've got grenades. I look like, uh, what's that dude, uh, Sylvester Stallone in Rambo. A little, a skinnier version, for sure. Nobody would be afraid of me, but if I had some grenades around me and I had an M16 and I'm running through, I got blood coming down my arm, you might be afraid of me, amen? Probably not. It's a good picture, though. Spiritually speaking, spiritually speaking, we have weapons of our warfare. God has told us you have weapons. Are we using, Brother Brad, are you using your weapons? Are we using the weapons of our warfare? Are we on the offensive? Are we saying, Lord Jesus, what's up today? Help me. Are we digging a foxhole? I want us all to be bold. I want us all to stand. I want a strong church that knows who they are and who they serve. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 1, 
chapter 18. He said, the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. Okay, so be it. Let it be foolishness. Not you. I don't want to. To the naysayers, you'll see. When you stand before God and answer for your immorality and how you live, you'll see. You will see. Tell me you're living in sin and you can laugh at God and ignore God. It is not going to happen. God loves you. You're, you're blessed because God loves you. And because he loves you, he's going to throw out his mercy and grace on you till the day you take your last breath. But you will one day see that Jesus is Lord and we will all stand before him and give an account of our lives. Amen? And you don't want me to stand there making excuses why I wouldn't preach the truth to you about it. Your children... You love them and you should love them. They will answer for their life before God. That's why we need to pray for them. Everybody knows right and wrong. I've never met an atheist that didn't know right from wrong, ever. Everybody knows right from wrong. Everybody knows when they sin. You may harden your heart, but you knew it when you did it. You know it's a sin. I know when I sin. I know you know when you do. You better get some fear of God in your heart. He said, I'll tell you who you should fear. That's what Jesus said. I don't mean fear in like, a, I love Jesus. I love God. I don't fear God like a, like, like a dad that beats you and he's mean and cruel to you. That's not how I fear God. God's not that way. I have a reverential respect and reverence for God, knowing who God is. Jesus said, I'll tell you who you should fear. You should fear the one that has the power to throw you into hell. That's who you should fear. The devil cannot throw you into hell. No man or woman can change your destiny or throw you into hell only God, and that is not what God wants, by the way, for your life, but we are to fear him and respect him and not play games with God and not play games with our conscience. I don't know where this is coming from, Lord. Somebody needs to hear it. Do not play games with your conscience. Kids, when you're young, you think you got forever. I've been alive long enough to see people die in their 30s, in their 40s. You think you have forever. When you're young, it's so easy to start disobeying your conscience and start going out there. Listen to that conscience. Listen to that conscience. For the preaching of the cross is foolishness to those that perish, but to us that are being saved, it is the power of God unto salvation. The cross of Jesus Christ is the power of God unto salvation. There is power in this thing. The way that Paul preached the gospel was that Jesus died on a cross it wasn't like this cross up here. It was an old rugged cross. It was made out of wood. It was made from a tree. Jesus died on a cross. And that shows you God's seriousness about sin. 
How many of you would put your son or your daughter on a cross to pay for somebody else's sin? That shows you the seriousness. Sin is not a light matter to God, nor should it be to us. Because it is your sins that put Jesus on that cross. And on that cross of Jesus Christ, God put your sins on Jesus. And Jesus was penalized and punished for your sins. So you don't have to bear them. And your neighbor doesn't have to bear them. They don't have to be separated from God ever again. They don't have to be removed from God ever again because God put your sins. And get this, this is so powerful. That's the first thing Paul preached. Secondarily, Paul preached that not only did God put your sins on that cross, but God put you on that cross too. He put you on there. And he eliminated you. <laughs> your old man... The old person that you used to be was crucified with Christ, and in God's mind, you don't exist anymore. He, he put a new man inside of you, and he put a new heart inside of you, and he put a new spirit inside of you. That's the person he wants you to live like. That's the person he's transforming you into. That's the person he wants you to be because, get this, that is who you really are. Hey, that's good news. That's who you really are. You're not that person that's living in the gutter. You're not that person that's living in immorality. You're not that negative Nancy. You're not that person. You are an overcomer. The spirit of your new man, Christ in you, the hope of glory. There's someone different in you. And God, through the power of the gospel and through the power of the Holy Spirit, wants to quicken that in you so you begin to be transformed and to live like that new man. That's the power of the cross. That God did not leave you in your sins. God did not leave you in your destruction. That Jesus not only was crucified in weakness, but he was raised in power. He was raised in power. That power is the power that God has given you through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that releases that power in your life when you walk on the word of God. Will you obey the voice of God and whatever God is teaching you and telling you? Flip over to 1 Corinthians 4.20. I'll probably have to finish this message in a couple weeks, but next week i got to preach on the culture. While you're flipping to 1 Corinthians 4.20, I want to quote, Romans 1.16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is what? The power of God unto what? Salvation. That means you're not who you used to be. You're not defined by your past. You're not defined by your flesh. You're not defined by your neighbors. Even your brothers and sisters do not define you. The only one that defines you is God whose spirit is inside you. And the word said, if God is for you, no one can be against you. Just take the courage to stand up and be who you are. Someone say amen. I had no intention of preaching this this morning. I must need it.
For the kingdom of God is not in word only, but in what? You mean I'm not, you mean, you mean I'm not supposed to live a defeated life? You mean I'm not supposed to be living in fear, living in worry? You, know, you mean I'm not supposed to be living under the devil's thumb? I'm not supposed to be living in unforgiveness, hatred, bitterness, anger? You mean I'm supposed to be free? Yes, you're supposed to be free. And I tell you what, I, if, if I wasn't free, I would stand up and declare that I was until it was alive in my life. Amen. Let the weak say, does it say, let the weak say that they're, they're weak? Does it say that? It says, let the weak say, I'm strong. Why? Because it ain't your strength. <laughs> I've had my greatest moments in moments of weakness. My greatest moments when I just dared to obey God. Against all odds, just obey God. I'm like, oh my Lord. Thank, thank God I obeyed the Lord in trembling. Paul said, I came to you in weakness. I came to you in trembling. I came to you, but I came to you in the power of God. Did I read the scripture? For the kingdom of God is not in word only, but in power. Please turn over to Hebrews Chapter 5, I wanted to impart spiritual gifts today. I'm going to get over there. I really, I want to teach on faith so much because our, our gospel is a faith gospel. It, it, it works out of love, but it, it works by faith. Hebrews chapter 6, I'm sorry, I think I said 5. Hebrews chapter 6, we'll start with verse 4. And I can't preach all the doctrine behind it, but there's a thought here that I want you to get this morning. Jesus, help me. Lord, help me. Show me, Lord. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, here's what I want you to get, and have tasted the good word of God and what? And the powers of the age to come. The powers of the age to come. Now, Paul was laying out a list of things that if, so, if someone has advanced this far in the gospel, it's impossible for them to come back again if they backslide. They cannot be renewed to repentance, the exact phrase. And he gives six things. They've tasted the good word of God. That eliminates 90% of the church. That means they're deep in the word. They know what the word says. They know they're accountable. Okay? They know the word of God. It says, and they've tasted of the, the gift of the Holy Spirit, but not only that, the powers of the age to come. God has moved in their life in power. In other words, they are absolutely with, without excuse. That eliminates about 99% of the church, so most of us are safe. But he's saying if you know God and you know his power, there are powers of the age to come. And I really believe God is talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit here, the power of God. Jesus operated, and you know this, I've taught it. He laid down his divine rights and privileges as God. He had to because he became a man. He was no longer everywhere. He had to sleep and eat, and you know, he, he couldn't be ruling and reigning the universe while he's sleeping. But he was totally God in nature. He came out from the Father. 
He was able to be tempted. I've taught on that. God can't be tempted. Jesus was tempted. Hebrews 5, 5. In every way, because he tasted, he lived with human weakness like a man, but he was in constant surrender to the Father, and he had a, the Bible says that God gave him the Holy Spirit without measure. He was totally obedient, so the Lord was able to pour out the Holy Spirit on him constantly without measure limitation. Wouldn't that be good to be so obedient you didn't have any limitation on you? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Oh, there's water. I think I'll just walk across it. God's given you enough power to do what He's asked you to do. Some of you, I mean this in love. Do you see love in my face? I love you. I get animated. Some of you, He just wants you to read the Bible and talk to Him in the morning. That's, what, that's your next step. That's your next sprocket. You think he wants you to raise the dead? You ain't ready to raise the dead. Some of you, he just wants you to wake up in the morning and spend a half hour with him, get in the Word, and get to know him a little bit. That's your next step. Some of you, it's something else. Some of you, it's to pray a little more. Some of you, he may even want you to share your faith. How do you like that? He wants you to take that next step. And he's given you enough power to do it. He's given you enough grace to do it. He's given you the ability to do it. Whatever that next thing is, you have the ability. He would not ask you. This is what I always think when the Lord, when he told me to start youth and I didn't want to, he said, God wouldn't ask me to do something that he wouldn't help me to do. Amen? He wouldn't ask me to do something. If he wants me to talk to my neighbor, then he'll help me do it. Tasted of the powers of the age to come. And here's the end of my message, which is the beginning of where I was going to start. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we'll, I'll round it up here. You guys okay? I've had some people tell me I could preach all day, and they'd, they'd be happy. And I've had other people, <laughs> they, when someone said that, they scared them to death. Never saw them again. No, okay. I'm, I'm respectful of your attention span. The power that is available to you in your life because you've died on that cross when you accepted Jesus. When you got baptized, you were buried, and the old person you used to be is dead in God's eye. You're, you're, that's not, that old person you used to be in God's mind doesn't even exist anymore, and he's slowly changing you, some of you slower than he wants to, but he's slowly changing you. I want to say it again because the Holy Ghost is saying, say it again. It's just the next step. It's just the next step. That's all you're responsible for. Do the next thing that God told you to do. Stop disobeying the next. It ain't 5,000 things. It's not complicated. It's not confusing. It's not fearful. It's the next thing that God told you to do. The thing that he's urging, some of you, is to get a job. Some of you, it could be to end a relationship. You can do the next thing. Someone say amen, it's true. God's gifted everybody in this room with things. And everybody in this room, the whole church, there's something God wants you to do in the body. The Corinthian church, and I am ending, the Corinthian church was carnal, they were fleshly, and they still operated in the gifts of the Spirit. Isn't that amazing? 
They weren't even that spiritual. He called them babies, and they were operating in the gifts of the Spirit. The whole letter of Corinthians, Paul was trying to bring them under control because you'd have people speaking the tongue here and there, and no one would interpret, and, he, and, and it'd be confusion, and he's trying to bring order to it all because they were really zealous in gifts, and he said they were baby Christians. So I'm going to read this list of gifts. I want to pray with you and impart a spiritual gift. I'm going to describe these gifts to you. I want to pray. When, when I call folks up to pray, not like last week. Last week was an infusion of power. People came up. I literally believe God wants me to pray for you so you will be activated in your spiritual gifts. There are nine of them listed. Oh, I had six fingers up. Did anybody catch that? There are nine of them listed. Please forgive me. I went to Heath High School. No, I'm kidding. No, oh, I'm sorry. I actually graduated from Lakewood. Praise the Lord. Okay. There's nine of them listed. <laughs> Air Force, yeah. Now concerning spirituals, and really the word gifts is added. It's probably in italics in your Bible or not even there. It's concerning spirituals. That's really what it says. Concerning spirituals, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. I'm going to end on this, folks. Stay with me. Donye, I remembered that time at Vineyard Grace Fellowship when God was pouring out on you uh, uh, words of knowledge. Had a brother that couldn't believe it. I said, no, that's real. I said, God's given her. He's, he's, he's using her. She's right. She's getting the word of knowledge. I remember it to this day. Concerning spirituals, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. I want you to know about spiritual gifts. Now, he's got to bring order to it, and he's got to bring instruction. But he says, you know when you were Gentiles... You were led about by dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore, I want you to understand, no one speaking by the Spirit of God can say Jesus is cursed. That's amen to that. And no one can say Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Spirit. Now there are many different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. There are diversities of operations, but the same God that works all in all. Get this. Now, the manifestation of the Spirit. What is manifestation? The manif I'm talking about the power of God. The manifestation of the Spirit. What is that? Someone tell me. Who said that? Dennis, very good. The power shows up. Whatever's in the invisible world starts showing up. You might see it in different ways. Someone might start shaking. Someone might never push anybody down. If they fall, when you come up, you don't have to fall down. I don't want anybody to fall down. If you do, you, I'm not trying to push people down. But the power of God will manifest. It'll manifest in healing. Some people will pray in tongues. It's just in the word. I can't change it. it if you don't like it, I don't know what to tell you. You got to talk to God about it. It's in the word. Some people, there'll be different. There'll be faith. You'll have an enormous amount of faith. Come on, you have faith come on you. Some of you, will do, well, God will cause you to do a miracle. You'll pray, and you'll get a miracle. Here they're, they're listed. The power of God. We need these tools in our church, and it's not just your pastor that's going to walk in them. You're going to walk in them. You're going to walk in them in your school. You're going to walk in them at your job. You're going to walk in them in your neighborhood. God is going to manifest himself wherever you go. You say, Lord, I'm available, and he is going to equip you in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Someone say amen. It's the manifestation of the invisible world. When I got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, something from heaven got into me. 
I was a different person. Something that didn't like me to smoke, and if you smoke, I'm not trying to uh, make you feel bad, but something that was not a smoker got into me and drove the smoker out of me. Something that wasn't a pornographer took the pornography and drove it out of me. Something that didn't drink strohs, I talked about this last week, the anti-strower came in and drove the strohs out of me. Amen? That was a manifestation of power in my life, driving sin out. Nobody in this church needs to leave under the bondage of sin. Nobody. If you lay it down today, God will take it. You just have to say, I'm laying it down. I'm surrendering. I'm laying it down. God will help you. Don't come willy-washy with God. Is that a word, willy-washy? Thank you. Wishy-washy. I have a different vocabulary when I preach. I need interpretation on the tongues that I preach. We got two or three interpreters for me. It's all scriptural. Don't come up wishy-washy. Come up saying, Lord, I'm putting a stake in the ground. That sin I'm done with. Even the sin of pornography. Guys, the, 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 the Barnum and these people that do these surveys say about, I don't know, it's over half of the men in church are addicted to pornography. That's a shame. That is a deep bondage. God does not want you addicted to that. You hate it. God hates it. The devil loves it. You don't want to do it. God doesn't want you to do it. Just drive a stake in the ground and say, I am going to be free right now. I am not looking at young girls in pornography ever again. You can be free. You can be free. I'm telling you, you can be free. I don't want any other woman except for that woman right there. Amen. She's the only one I can handle anyway. She's too much for me to handle. Do you know, I'm, I'm, I'm over my time. I'm over my time. Do you know when Pam looks at me, I got to tell you this. I think she wants to see you. <laughs> Amen. I figured this out recently. She'll look at me and I'll see love in her eyes and my spirit flops over. Anybody ever have that happen when your wife looks at you? You know what I'm talking about? My little, my, my little spirit. <laughs> It just flops over inside of me, and I'll start giggling. Why are you giggling? I don't know. You just look at me that way, and I start giggling. You embarrass me. You, you love me. I can feel your love, and it makes my little spirit flop over. I got enough flopping right now. I don't need any more flopping. <laughs> Guys, God will make you true as an arrow. You don't want to do it. God wants you free. No matter what your sin is today, God wants you to be free. I hate impurity. I hate it. I hate it. You do too. I hate it. I don't want to be impure. I hate it. I've been down that road. I hate it. I know where it wants to take me. I don't want to go there. God help us all. Amen? Come on. Oh, if you only knew what they do to those young women that are in those photographs. If you only knew the sex trafficking, the drug addiction, the rape, the prostitution that those girls that you're looking at, not, maybe not all of them, but a lot of them, you'd never, you'd never ever want to take one cent of money and put it into that. Every dime you spend on uh, pornography helps some criminal to sex traffic. It's an abominable thing. You don't want to do it, and God doesn't want you to do it. Where, how did I get there, Jesus? God wants you to be free. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to everyone. God gives the word of wisdom. He gives the word of knowledge. I operate in the word of knowledge. God shows me stuff. Last night it. BW3s, I had a word. Can I share it real quick? Is it okay? I'll be quick. This, the word Sharon came to me, and I asked the girl about it, and it came out. She had a car named Sharon. 
And then, because she likes uh, Sharon Osborne, Ozzy Osborne, this girl liked that. And, uh, and she named her boy Ozzy. And, and uh, when she left, the Lord said, Ask her. I thought her son was sick, to be honest. She asked her about her son. And I thought he was sick. I was going to pray for him. And she came back. Mike went to the bathroom. She came back. And I said, Hey, what about your son? I was thinking he needed prayer. She goes, He died a year ago. He died a year ago. It broke my heart for her. And I told her, I said, your son's in heaven. She was not a believer. I think I blew her away. I said, he is in heaven. And I felt like heaven wanted me to give this message. I said, your son is in heaven. And if you give your life to Jesus, you'll be there with him too. Amen? That's a word of knowledge. You need it. You need that in your life. A word of wisdom, you're giving some, somebody something to the future. Uh, uh, another, there's faith. God will give you faith. And you won't know where it comes from, but God will put faith on you to do something. There's gifts of healing. Charlie, thank you for praying for my arm. The Lord had me uh, have Charlie pray for my arm. There's gifts of healing. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. Andrea knows what that is. To another, different kinds of tongues. And to another, interpretation. All these work, the one self-same thing. And they're divided up severally. Uh, according to as God wills. Okay, so here's what he's saying. There's all these gifts, and he said they're not just for the pastor. God divides them up. That means everybody in the church has some of them. You have compassion for people. That can be the moving of God in your spirit to help somebody. That can be a gift from God, and you don't even realize it. Make you go walk into a homeless camp with, without fear, and you don't even realize there's the power of God on you causing you to do that. Not everybody does that. Amen? So here, we're late. Here's what I want to do. I want to lay hands on you today, and there's nine of these gifts. Maybe there's more. They, they mentioned nine. I want to lay hands on you, and when I lay hands on you, if you will believe, I've operated in the, gift, the operation of miracles, the gift of faith, the word of knowledge, healing, prophecy, most of them. I don't think I've had the real discerning of spirits like you do. Most of them. But if you will believe, when I lay my hands on you, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, I believe if you'll receive it, they'll operate in you. Why? Paul laid hands on people to impart something. I believe the Lord wants me to lay hands on you because I am in faith today, and I am believing if I put my hand on you, and you will believe, you'll leave here today, and God is going to give you something that's powerful that will help people if you want it. Mike, come up and play the guitar, please, and I'll pray for you at the end. So here's, I'm going to let you go. If you have to leave, when people start coming up, you can leave quietly. I don't want to hold anybody hostage. But I want to minister to you, and I believe a bunch of you are going to come up. I'm going to put my hand on you. I want you to raise your hand.